Once Gone, a Riley Page Mystery, Book One, written by Blake Pierce, narrated by Elaine Wise. Chapter 10. The first thing that caught Riley's eye was the doll. The same naked doll she had found earlier that day in that tree near Daggett, in exactly the same pose. For a moment she was startled to see it sitting there in the FBI forensics lab, surrounded by an array of high-tech equipment. It looked weirdly out of place to Riley, like some kind of sick little shrine to a bygone, non-digital age. Now, the doll was just another item of evidence, protected by a plastic bag. She knew that a team had been sent to retrieve it as soon as she'd called it in from the scene. Even so, it was a jarring sight. Special Agent Meredith stepped forward to greet her. It's been a long time, Agent Page, he said warmly. Welcome back. It's good to be back, sir, Riley said. She walked over to the table to sit with Bill and the lab tech, Flores. Whatever qualms and uncertainty she might be feeling, it really did feel good to see Meredith again. She liked his gruff, no-nonsense style, and he'd always treated her with respect and consideration. How did things go with the senator? Meredith asked. Not good, sir, she replied. Riley noticed a twitch of annoyance in her boss's face. Do you think he's going to give us any trouble? I'm almost sure of it. I'm sorry, sir. Meredith nodded sympathetically. I'm sure it's not your fault, he said. Riley guessed that he had a pretty good idea of what had happened. Senator Newbra's behaviour was undoubtedly typical of narcissistic politicians. Meredith was probably all too used to it. Flores typed rapidly, and as he did, images of grisly photographs, official reports and news stories came up on large monitors around the room. We did some digging, and it turns out you were right, Agent Page, Flores said. The same killer did strike earlier, way before the Daggett murder. Riley heard Bill's grunt of satisfaction, and for a second, Riley felt vindicated, felt her belief in herself returning. But then her spirit sank. Another woman had died a terrible death. That was no cause for celebration. She had wished, actually, that she had not been right. Why can't I enjoy being right once in a while? She wondered. A gigantic map of Virginia spread out over the main flat screen monitor, then narrowed to the northern half of the state. Flores tagged a spot high up on the map, near the Maryland border. The first victim was Margaret Geraghty, 36 years old, Flores said. Her body was found dumped in farmland, about 13 miles outside of Belding. She was killed on June 25th, nearly two years ago. The FBI wasn't called in for that one. The locals let the case go cold. Riley peered at the crime scene photos Flores brought up on another monitor. The killer obviously hadn't tried to pose the body. He'd just dumped her in a hurry and left. Two years ago, she said, thinking, taking it all in. A part of her was surprised he had been at this for so long. Yet another part of her knew that these sick killers could operate for years. They could have an uncanny patience. She examined the photos. I see that he hadn't developed his style, she observed. Right, Flores said. 
There's a wig there, and the hair was cropped short, but he didn't leave a rose. However, she was choked to death with a pink ribbon. He rushed through the setup, Riley said. His nerves got the best of him. It was his first time, and he lacked self-confidence. He did a little better with Eileen Rogers, but it wasn't until the Reba Fry killing that he really hit his stride. She remembered something that she'd wanted to ask. Did you find any connections between the victims or between the kids of the two mothers? Not a thing, Flores said. The check of parenting groups came up empty. None of them seemed to know each other. That discouraged Riley, but didn't altogether surprise her. What about the first woman, Riley asked. She was a mother, I take it. Nope, Flores said quickly, as though he'd been waiting for that question. She was married, but childless. Riley was startled. She was sure that the killer was singling out mothers. How could she have gotten that wrong? She could feel her rising self-confidence suddenly deflate. As Riley hesitated, Bill asked, Then how close are we to identifying a suspect? Were you able to get anything off of those burrs from Mosby Park? No such luck, Flores said. We found traces of leather instead of blood. The killer wore gloves. He seems to be fastidious. Even at the first scene, he didn't leave any prints or DNA. Riley sighed. She had been so hopeful that she'd found something that others had overlooked. But now she felt she was striking out. They were back to the drawing board. Obsessive about details, she commented. Even so, I think we're closing in on him, Flores added. He used an electronic pointer to indicate locations, drawing lines between them. Now that we know about this earlier killing, we've got the order and a better idea of his territory, Flores said. We've got number one, Margaret Geraghty, at Belding to the north here. Number two, Eileen Rogers, over to the west at Mosby Park. And number three, Reba Fry, near Daggett, farther south. As Riley looked, she saw that the three locations formed a triangle on the map. We're looking at an area of about a thousand square miles, Flores said. But that's not as bad as it sounds. We're talking mostly rural areas with a few small towns. In the north, you get into some bigger states, like the senators. Lots of open country. Riley saw a look of professional satisfaction on Flores's face. He obviously loved his work. What I'm going to do is bring up all the registered sex offenders who live in this area, Flores said. He typed in a command and the triangle was dotted with about two dozen little red tags. Now, let's eliminate the pederasts, he said. We can be sure that our killer's not one of them. Flores typed another command, and about half of the dots disappeared. Now, let's narrow it down to just the hardcore cases. Guys who've been in prison for rape or murder, or both. No, Riley said abruptly. That's wrong. All three men stared at her with surprise. We're not looking for a violent criminal, she said. Flores grunted. Like hell we're not, he protested. A silence fell. Riley felt an insight forming, but it hadn't quite taken shape in her mind. She stared at the doll, which was still sitting grotesquely on the table, looking as out of place as ever. If only you could talk, she thought. Then she slowly began to state her thoughts. I mean, not obviously violent. Margaret Geraghty wasn't raped. We already knew that Rogers and Fry weren't either. 
They were all tortured and killed, Flores grumbled. A tension filled the room as Brent Meredith looked worried, while Bill was staring fixedly at one of the monitors. Riley pointed to close-up pictures of Margaret Geraghty's hideously mutilated corpse. His first killing was his most violent, she said. These wounds are deep and ugly, worse even than his next two victims. I'll bet your technicians have already determined that he inflicted these wounds really rapidly, one right after another. Flores nodded with admiration. You're right. Meredith looked at Riley with curiosity. What does that tell you? Meredith asked. Riley took a deep breath. She found herself slipping into the killer's mind again. I'm pretty sure of something, she said. He's never had sex with another human being in his life. He's probably never even been on a date. He's homely and unattractive. Women have always rejected him. Riley paused for a moment, collecting her thoughts. One day, he finally snapped, she said. He abducted Margaret Geraghty, bound her, stripped her and tried to rape her. Flores gasped with sudden comprehension. But he couldn't do it, Flores said. Right, he's completely impotent, Riley said. And when he couldn't rape her, he went into a rage. He started stabbing, the closest he could get to sexual penetration. It was the first act of violence he'd ever committed in his life. My guess is he didn't even bother to keep her alive for long. Flores pointed to a paragraph in the official report. Your guess is right, he said. Geraghty's body was found just a couple of days after she disappeared. Riley felt a deepening terror at her own words. And he liked it, she said. He liked Geraghty's terror and pain. He liked all the cutting and stabbing. So he's made it his ritual ever since, and he's learned to take his time about it, to enjoy every minute of it. With Reba Fry, the fear and torture went on for more than a week. A chill of silence settled over the room. What about the doll connection? Meredith asked. Why are you so sure he's creating a doll? The body sure looked like dolls, Bill said. At least the last two. Riley's right about that. It is about dolls, Riley said quietly. But I don't know exactly why. There's probably some sort of revenge element here. Finally, Flores asked. So, do you think we're looking for a registered offender at all? Could be, Riley said. But not a rapist, not a violent predator. It would be somebody more innocuous, less threatening. A peeping Tom, or a flasher, or somebody who masturbates in public. Flores typed vigorously. OK, he said, I'll get rid of the violent offenders. The number of red dots on the map lessened to a handful. So who have we got left? Riley asked Flores. Flores glanced at a few records, then gasped. I think I've got him, Flores said. I think I've got your man. His name's Ross Blackwell. And get this, he was working in a toy store when he got caught posing dolls in kinky positions, like they were having all kinds of weird sex. The owner called the police. Blackwell got probation, but the authorities have had their eye on him ever since. Meredith stroked his chin thoughtfully. Could be our guy, he said. 
Should Agent Page and I go check on him right now? Bill asked. We don't have enough to bring him in, Meredith said, or to get a warrant for any kind of a search. We better not alarm him. If he's our guy and he's as smart as we think he is, he's liable to slip through our fingers. Pay him a little visit tomorrow. Find out what he's got to say about himself. Handle him carefully. This has been Once Gone, a Riley Page Mystery, Book One. Written by Blake Pierce. Narrated by Elaine Wise. Copyright 2016 by Blake Pierce. Production copyright 2016 by Blake Pierce. Thank you.